Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today we have a friend of mine that I have known for many, many years. We have connected via messenger every so often. Um, and yeah, I realized, and we just said this at the start of the call, it's crazy to believe that the last time we spoke on a call was three years ago during what is considered, in my opinion, one of the best five marketing copywriting like mental get-togethers that we had just randomly uh which we'll post a link to later on but with that being said he is the mean king he is hilarious as always and he knows his shit about e-common business the one and only a true hustler and the truest of happiest of words ace ready ace welcome to the show thanks for having me on bro pretty uh, privileged to be here I, i've only been wondering why it took us so long to do this um you know yeah. what it is <laughs> Honestly, I can tell you what it was. I think it's because every single time we've wanted to do this, we've both been super busy and not found the right time. Because like yeah. we both asked each other, like, hey, man, when can I be on your show? Hey, man, when can you come on to my show? And it's like, yeah, we got to sort this out. And then we never got around to it. And then eventually we got a calendar link and sorted it out and everything. So that was super awesome. Um, right. Mm-hmm. it's pretty cool i'm so glad to have you here before we get started though i do have to do a quick shout out to our sponsors of the show today's sponsor for the show is of course aceready.com head on over to his website it should hopefully be up by the time that this comes out uh but you guys should be able to get a incredible amount of great information i think his opt-in we're making it up right now uh on the spot so he can do whatever he wants but he has to include this one for you guys basically his favorite memes specifically relating to copy and business because he has so many of them. Uh, and I would love for you to put something like that together and just give it away because I think people will really enjoy that. They can laugh and learn at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point, right? I mean, learning, learning on itself. And I remember the last time we did the webinar, I think one of the biggest, get a, one of the biggest takeaways that I have had from the five copywriter webinar that we did was I remember you were talking about people hating the word learn. Yeah, right? I hate the word learn. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, the I, it's, been, it's been three years since I did it. Like the webinar, I've never used the word learn in any of my copy ever again. Um, so thanks for that, man. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah, fun, fun story about that. My friend Cassie Howard, I told her the same thing like around that same time. And her mm-hmm. exact words to me were, I removed learn from my next launch and replaced it with the word discover and all the other words that you gave us. Um, mm-hmm. her, her conversion rate went up 10 times because of this one word she made 10 times more sales because this one word was removed well it makes sense right. it does make a lot of sense right yeah uh, people hate going to school people hate going to school i hated going to school it explains why yeah. i dropped out um because i remember <laughs> we discussed this on the call it was a case of yeah we all hated it and you're essentially telling someone you're going back to an institution they hate which is why they don't want to buy from you right and especially when you're talking to entrepreneurs i feel like we Most guys that want to run a business just fucking hate school. I mean, they hate authority. Uh, yeah, and we have a real like, dislike of it. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and I go. I mean, it's kind of like my story too. I mean, I started off in this business um, at fourteen. I've been. Yeah, I was writing you... horror uh, children's stories and stuff before that because I, I had a I had a good grasp of writing stuff. I wasn't necessarily a good copywriter. I remember the first uh, piece of copy that I wrote. I uh, go to this group. I forgot the name of the group. It's like you post stuff and people tell you how good your copy is. And I remember posting it and everyone was like, ah, this guy's got no skill for copy. And I was rather disappointed. 
because I was like, oh, holy shit, you know, you got to be born with this stuff, but, you know. But then I decided that, you know, I'm just going to learn. Um, I'm just going to learn. I decided I watched a few courses, started writing a lot of copy. And it's funny how good you can actually get at it if you decide to focus and spend a lot of time on doing it. You know what I mean? And you're, you're a copywriter, yeah. so, you know, I, I think you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, so, like it, yeah. you don't get to you don't get to a good level without practice. Yeah, like that's the ultimate real teacher, really, is practice. Now, kind of jumping off of that, one of the first questions I really want to ask you is: in that time since we spoke, mm-hmm. you switched out and really started to become like more of like you have so many fucking memes. Like it's really weird. Like, this was the start of the meme pandemic. And you yeah. just killed it. Like, I, I got to ask, how did you start coming up with that idea of using memes? I mean, you know, I would, I, would look at, I would look at profiles of people that had, like, huge engagement on posts, right? So the whole idea is, like, I would see people posting a ton of value on Facebook. Like, they would write these long, valuable posts on Facebook, right? Yeah. And they'd have very Guilty. little engagement. They'd have very little engagement. I'm, I'm not talking about you, but generally. Oh no, I, I totally relate to this. That's what I mean. Yeah, and then and then I've seen people post like really simple, valuable stuff. Like like this is like very simple to understand, but it's still somewhat valuable at the same time. And these posts would get a lot of engagement, right? And mm-hmm. at the third thing I've noticed is people that would either post controversial comments or something like that and get a ton of engagement. And this was by the way, I was trying to figure out how to crack the Facebook code, right? Because I was like. I want to, I want to get a ton of clients through Facebook. I was already getting clients at this point. I just wanted to 10 exit. So I was trying, I was trying out a few different strategies. So I'm like, do I post controversial stuff? Do I post long, valuable content that people won't even read? This kind of sucks. I mean, you spend all this time writing this long post and then no one's even reading it. Or do I write like simple, valuable posts? And I started off by writing simple and valuable posts, right? Because I didn't want to do a lot of controversial stuff. Um, they were working, but it's all, it also takes a long time to kind of do it. Cause you got to come up with a different idea every day. Like every day you're trying to write something. You're like, Oh, you know, what kind of value do I share today? And it's different stuff. And you got to come up with different strategies all the time, which is kind of fun for the first 10 days. And then after that, you start late, like you start getting lazy. You don't want to post it. That was when I came across this guy called Matt trainer right yeah and he would post value and he would have a ton of engagement on stuff and there was something weird that the guy would do he'd post like all these memes which get people to know him and relate with him and then he'd post the content and i was talking to a bunch of friends that knew him one one guy in in particular was a client of mine and he ended up buying something from matt so i was like oh what did you buy from matt and he's like oh matt's a cool guy I'm like, define cool. He's like, have you looked at his memes? I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So I go up to his profile, start looking at the memes. And it's funny, the number of people that I've seen that I know bought something from Matt that were liking and sharing his memes, right? And I was like, look, this guy's onto something. And this, this by the way, for me, I, it made complete sense because, you know, let's say, let's say you're, let's say you support something, right? You write this post on how you support it. Like for example, could be anything. It could be entrepreneurship. Like if you're one of those guys that says college is for idiots and you know, entrepreneurship is the way out, 
you could do two things. You could write a post on it, which, you know, hopefully people will read it. Maybe they won't. Or you could just post a meme and everybody reads a meme because the meme only takes like two seconds to read, right? Mm -hmm. It's a picture. You read it. it. It's very simple to understand. Now, all these smart guys that were doing something cool with the memes where they would post things that their audience would relate to. And one thing I've kind of realized over the years of copywriting and marketing and all that is mutual agreement is affinity. If you and I agree on something, uh, then we're going to have that affinity between us, right? You're going to like me. I'm going to like you. I might buy something from you. You might buy something from me. And that was what these guys were doing with the memes, like Matt Trainer. Uh, there were a few other guys. There's a guy called um, Adam Holland. He was doing the same thing. He was posting memes. His audience was liking all of the memes. They started relating with the guy. They felt like they knew the guy. So when he yeah. made the pitch, everyone was just buying stuff. So I was like, all right, let me try this out. I post a few memes and something funny happened where now the same valuable post that I was doing, I started to get a lot more people liking it. I had a lot more people commenting on it. I had a lot more people sharing it just as the memes kind of bumped up the engagement. So there's this weird thing that happened on Facebook where the memes would attract a ton of people to like and comment on them, right? Cause it's a fun, it's a fun meme increases the quality score where Facebook's like, all right, all these guys that like his posts, show these guys more of the uh, more of ace ready's posts and all these guys that keep liking my memes they would see my valuable posts a lot more they would also see my pitch pitch posts a lot more right that those are posts where i make an offer so mm -hmm. yeah it was interesting um once i realized how cool it was i decided to go all in on it and really push um another great thing that happened is i think at this point i was sort of an e-commerce expert but i wasn't really the most, uh, the, the biggest authority in the space. Like it wasn't like a lot of the people knew me. There's a few people that knew me, but not everyone. So another thing that memes did was, um, for example, I remember we were talking about this author that wrote the book. Um, I don't, I don't know if I should name it, but it, it oh, he writes a bunch of books on power and war. And oh, Robert Green. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Robert can we take a side tour for this for a second? Yeah. I've been trying to get Robert on my show for fucking ages for some yeah. really weird reason. I've not been able to get him. Like I've even spoken to his, like uh, his assistant dude, but like I couldn't get a time with him. It's really, really weird. Like how long did it take you? Cause I know you've interviewed him, right? Yeah. It took me two minutes, bro. Um, of course. And, and damn it. <laughs> yeah, well it goes back to the meme, right? Cause here's the deal. Yeah. I posted this meme on cats, right? And he, he really likes cats. So he, he liked the meme. Like he liked the meme the first two minutes. So I was like, all right, this guy's now checking out my profile. Now let me message him. So the moment the like came in, I messaged him. I'm like, all right, dude, you know, can I get you on my podcast? I also run I also run the group, the books of Robert Green, right? That's like the community yeah. that I run. So I was like, you know, all these guys want to see me interview you. It'll be fun if I can interview you. And he's like, Yeah, email this guy. Let's set it up for me. Done. Right. Um, that's, that's the same that happened with uh, Jeffrey Peterson. I mean, this is a guy that sold two companies for uh, more than $500 million each. Like that's like, that's, that's a great authority. Right. And the only reason he decided to jump on a podcast with me is because number one is because I'm helping all these people. And number two, he says that he, his exact words were something alongside, um, we have we share the same humor 
that's exactly what he said on the on the call that we did on the on the podcast and i mean every time someone would like my meme i feel like they now see my name right and now i can message them since they laughed at my meme i can message them i can either set something up or whatever that's that's on the connections and that's on being influential now the other part of this is getting clients which which also got a lot easier with the memes because i feel mm-hmm. like people would like my memes and they they think i'm a cool and trustable guy like that was the whole image they they thought i was an anti guru because people hate buying from gurus and gurus are these guys that you know are pretty stuck up uh, only like to write in one post a week or whatever and i was here making a fool of myself and people were like well you know if he's confident enough to do that and he's got all of these testimonials this guy must be the shit so yeah. most people that ended up buying from me were also huge fans of memes um and i've sold i've sold quite a few like i've sold like i would say just on facebook i've sold like 750 people or so over the last uh two years so that's a lot and i would say that at least 500 of them were pretty big fans of my memes even before they knew me so wow yeah so essentially memeing built your business in some ways it helped oh, to connect with people it did That's yeah awesome that's so cool sorry i just had to jump right in there because that was so cool as a story i'm glad that we got to go down that rabbit hole um so mm-hmm. kind of off the back of this because we're both huge fans of robert green i got to ask which is your favorite book of robert green Um the recent one the laws of human nature was really good. Right. I like I I'd, I'd say like the 48 laws of power were one of my favorites of all time but the laws of human nature just took over number one. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I feel like when Robert Greene wrote the first book which is the 48 laws he had like like some of the stuff stuff in that book was just so deep and so good, right? and it's funny cuz i feel like every book after that kept getting better which is something that i didn't expect i mean the first book i read was the 48 laws of power and then i read the 33 strategies of war which was by the way an amazing book as well i would by rate way, it about the 48 laws of power i was going to say i have a whole like way that whenever junior writers join my company i give them all of robert's books to read by have them in a specific order they need to read them in they start with the 33 strategies of war and then they go to the 48 laws of power but also as a second side note uh so i'm so the time we're filming this it's a day before my trip to amsterdam so i'm flying out tomorrow morning uh, to amsterdam <clears throat> for a couple of days while i'm there i'm actually writing two blog posts for my site and they're both targeted for creatives and it's basically known as the 33 strategies of creative war so essentially how we as creatives have to use the thirty-three strategy of war to our favor and the 48 laws of uh, creative uh, the 48 laws of power the creative edition so how to apply all 48 laws of power to your business as a creative that is something i would love to read yeah i think it's going to be a pretty good run because like i've started like stra- uh, sorry i have it as thirty-three strategies of copywriting war is what i've called it uh, it's a, an in-depth guide to writing your freedom Dude, I mean if you want if you want someone to look at the rough drafts or something I would be happy. Fuck yes. Dude, <laughs> I will send that to you as soon as it's like as soon as it's done I'll send it over to you and uh before we start publishing it like everywhere. Oh But, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, so I thought you'd appreciate that cuz you know we're both huge fans. But I'd say this much surprisingly one of Robert's one of Robert's books, I'd say it's the weakest book 
out of all of them, which is saying something because even the quote unquote weakest book is still an amazing book. But from him, I'd say it's his, not his favorite by everyone. And that is mastery. I don't yeah. know why Ma- mastery just for some reason didn't land with a lot of people. Well, I think it was also the image that he sort of built up. I mean, Robert Greene had this whole image of, you know, ruthlessness and being powerful and war and all that. And then you go from there to doing something like Mastery, which by the way, was also a great book. I mean, I still yeah. use some of the things that I've learned from Mastery. The whole apprentice phase and everything that he had in the book was just very, very good. The problem, however, is people were expecting uh, another book on warfare, another book on strategic warfare, something like that. And they weren't really or expecting- seduction of power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of a weird slide. I mean, he went from writing thirty three strategies of war, and then he wrote the art of seduction. And yeah, then and then the fiftieth law, and then he came yeah. out with mastery. Yeah. But so speaking it, of the first go. four, the first four books were kind of related to one thing, right? So more more or less like warfare and doing doing Winning. stuff that was like realistic, and then then you had mastery, which was more about fingertip feel. Great book. But I think that's the reason why I didn't really take off like that. I feel like everyone saw it as being a personal development book. Uh, yeah. Yeah, rather than what it is, which is a guide. Right. So. And I think that's the same reason why the recent book took off, The Laws of Human Nature, because that, that again goes back to his original uh, the, the premise. Purpose. Yeah. purpose. Yeah. I agree. And um, Kind of jumping off the end of that, did you read 50 Cent's book, uh, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter? Oh, I have not. Is it good? So good. It's broken my top 10 business books already. Oh, yeah. I got to check that out. You know, if I'm telling, like, as as a fellow Robert Greene fan, this is (laughs) on par with the 50th law, like, if not better than the 50th law. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I haven't even heard of the book. I should probably check it out. Came out this. It came out in July. Like I picked up the Audible version as soon as it came out because I was like, I really want to read this because I genuinely like Fifty Cent as a person. I like I like the way that he's built himself up, the way he's done things. He's he, he's a role model for me. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I totally get it. Like I'm surprised more people didn't know, but his show Power is incredible. If you haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched that either. Um, I'm actually a pretty good fan of 50, but, you know, just never got to check out a lot of his work except for the 50th law. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good dude, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think think my favorite chapter from that book was Turn Shit into Sugar. I think Uh, that's everyone's favorite. Yeah. It's probably the best one. Um, Yeah. I'll check this book out. I got to go back to reading some of the older Robert Greene books as well. I don't think I've read uh, The 50th Law in a long time, dude. The yeah. most recent book I've read was The Art of Seduction. I read it. I read it all the time. It's kind of my deal. Yeah, it's a really good thing for me. I like the audiobook versions of those books just simply because Don Leslie has like the most badass voice in the world for like uh, The 48 Laws of Power. Oh, Yeah. Like yeah, he's got, such a, he's got like an old, tiny voice as well. It's like the the what was it called? What was it law number one? Never outshine the master. And you're like, God damn, chills in the <laughs> spine. As a guy that's been recently told by a lot of people, I have a very nice voice. I oh, know yeah. what like his, that post, his, man. I've seen that post. I think I think you dude, posted a 
Facebook. <laughs> I or posted so- that. On- I posted on Facebook. I've not told you what happened afterwards, dude. I'm getting private messages from people asking me about like, yes, please do this. My wife loves your voice or like my, you know, we really enjoy your voice. Like someone said, please do like a meditative voice for us. So like you can, we can fall asleep because you have a very relaxing voice. I'm like, fuck me. People listen to this podcast falling asleep. Um, Not because the the content isn't great. Uh, It's just, they listen to it at nighttime. It puts them to a, a sound space of mind. Which is very, very cool to hear, but like also at the same time a little bit unnerving, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, dude, you know, it's a it's a great it's a great talent to have. I don't even know if that is a talent. Would that be a skill or a talent? Yeah, who I think it comes as a skill, like because you're born with this one. You, you you can develop a good voice. You can develop a good voice. I do know that much. Right. So I think that's a great skill to have. I mean, you know. Thank you. Like, you, think, yeah. you think like the guys that are very persuasive, most of them have great voices. Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, this is why we use the voice over yeah. the powers. <laughs> you know oh, what's good. funny? Um, you know what's funny is there's this... I don't, I don't know if you ever play games. I think you do, because I remember we spoke about Assassin's yeah. Creed a while ago. So there's yeah, this huge game, game called uh, Skyrim, right? Yeah, love Skyrim. There's this, yeah, there's this demonic figure in the game called Moloch Baal or something. Like, mm-hmm. there's, this, there's this guy that does a prank call with, with Moloch Baal's voice. And I was reading the comments and there was chicks going nuts in the comments. Like that's, that's like, that's some stuff you got to see. Cause Moloch, Moloch has that dangerous, but yet soothing voice, I think. And I don't know, man, the girls were just going crazy. They were like, the voice is so good and stuff like that. I'm like, holy shit. You know, that's how, that's how important voices. Like we completely forgot that this guy is a demon and they're now chanting praises. Just, just interesting to see that. Yeah, it's like the craziest thing that you see online or just anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. So crazy. But yeah, so kind of like jumping off of that point, though, because I do want to talk about video games for one second. Mm -hmm. So, okay, not video games. Sorry, going back to memes for a second. How do you create your memes? Because this is something that I really never sat down and spoke to anyone about. But how do you make your memes? What's the process? Yeah, it's kind okay, of without without going into the secret if you don't want to give the secret up, but like as no, not really, like, not really. That's that's the secret is the fact that I do not create memes. I don't create it. I just okay. borrow them from people and post, repost it. Really, um, I don't I don't see the point of creating memes. I feel like I have friends who create memes. Uh, some of them keep messaging me whenever they have a new meme, begging me to post it because that'll give them some popularity, but. I feel like what, what, what I kind of did was to build a sort of a syndicate where people steal memes from me, I steal memes from them, right? So I got like 10, 11 people, I steal memes from one guy, another guy likes the meme, he'll steal it from me, he posts another meme, the other guy will steal it from me. So it's kind of like the syndicate thing where I just keep stealing memes that I like and just reposting them. I have to create anything, man. I don't like doing work that, you know, there's no need to do. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a smart way of doing this. So, mm-hmm. so do you, actually, how do you start finding the syndicate then? Like, do you just build it? Like, if you if you don't have that syndicate already, like, how do you tap into it? Um, I mean, there's a few names I can give you. By the way, all the names are of like top marketers. So it's like none of the none of the names I'm giving you are like noob guys. Like all of these guys are like killing it. You know, guys are making six figures a month. Some of them. Um, you can follow Adam Holland. You can follow me. 
Uh, you follow Greg Davis. He posts a bunch of good memes. Uh, Matt Trainer. Um, I, I don't know if Matt's still online, though, to be fair. He kind of like went offline for a little bit. I don't know where well, he is. He changed his name yesterday, I think. His name oh. now is The Real Reverend. Uh, I don't know what that's all about, but that's his real name now. Um, it's not Matt Trainer anymore. Everyone's referencing D. I don't know, man. <laughs> that's crazy if that's his real thing, but I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. No, he posted. Like, I, I, thought, I, I thought it was a joke, honestly. I thought it was a joke uh, until he started posting the documents and stuff showing that he changed his name. I'm like, that's really, that's really an interesting guy. That's, that's yeah. really an interesting guy, yeah. Follow him, Kathy Walls, a bunch of people, dude. You know, the best thing to do, honestly, is to go to Instagram and start following meme pages. Like, just type in memes and there's a bunch of pages. Just follow them, you know, keep scrolling through. Um, see, see what memes you relate with. Like, for example, I'm a lazy guy. Like, I'm not the most, I'm not the most active and whatever. Like, I have a lot of energy, but I'm still lazy. I won't do stuff that there's no need to do. I, I like, I'd rather not work than work and stuff like that. I feel like there's a lot of people on my Facebook that are lazy too, right? So if I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see a page about, you know, being lazy or whatever. I'll just steal it, post it on my Facebook and the engagement's off the roof. Um, yeah, like it, it basically the whole idea is to take beliefs that you have. And if a meme sort of uh, represents it, you steal it and repost it, really. Um, let me let me check my memes. It's been a while since I posted memes, but let me check my memes to see. Yeah. Mid, uh, we're just gonna do this memes. Memeing. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really memeing. fun too. It's really fun too. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, think of this, man. I'm actually making money posting memes. I mean, that's that's really a good position to be in, especially with the pandemic and everything going on. Um, yeah. I'm making people laugh, I'm spreading happiness, and I'm, you know, I don't know if you've read the chapter, The Charmer, in The Art of Seduction. Yep, it's one I very much resonate with. Oh, yeah. That was like my groove back then. Um, I, I think, still think it is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, yeah, dude. You got, you, you got that charming son of a bitch personality. And you got the <laughs> long ass hair, so it helps. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Dude, my hair's grown out. To it's not gonna get your length, but it's grown out. <laughs> Having long hair is fun. That much I'll tell oh, you. It really is. Oh, yeah. I used to have when I was your age. I did have long hair. Like if you can find photos of me back then, with really long hair. But now, as I've gotten older, my style's changed. And I actually don't look like I like. I look like I know what I'm doing. It'll look better. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying though? Yeah, I mean, one, one of my favorite things to do back then was, you know, I'd, I'd listen to Charmer every day, uh, I think 10 or 11 times. So I just picked that part from the audiobook and I just keep listening it 10 to 11 times a day. I did it for about two or three months. Um, and it was good because I feel like, I feel like there were a lot of things that I was doing because when I was younger, of course, 19, 20 years old, 18 years old, I was a very aggressive guy. Like... I was like, like if someone was hating me on Facebook or hating on me on Facebook or whatever, I would like grill the guys in public. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like I had a very uh, bad way to deal with uh, haters where I would just mm -hmm. keep posting screenshots. Like, for example, one of the 
funniest things is that I would do is when someone would like when I tried to close someone on a deal and I couldn't close them and either they ghost me or something like that, I would take a screenshot of that and I just post it saying this guy keeps ghosting because he does like I don't know, I was just a rude fuck. Um yeah. but you gotta go I, through that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like after listening to the charmer thing, I don't do that anymore. Um I, I have I haven't done that in forever. Um Funny thing now is a lot of people that would hate on me in public uh, end up being my supporters like 60 days later. I mean, there's this guy called Ralph Schubert. I wrote a mm-hmm. post in ClickFunds group. The guy was on it hating on me, like literally hating on me. I sent him a message. I'm like, bro, look, you know, I don't, I don't know why you're hating on me. You've never bought any of my stuff. You've never watched any of my stuff. What makes you hate on me? And he's like, yeah, you know, I've seen all you guys and I keep posting value, sell some bullshit. No, you, you get you, you get the course or the program. There's nothing in it. I'm like, look, all right, man. You know, I'll give you the program for free, which was a webinar that I did, $197 or something I was selling it for back then. I was like, I'll give you the webinar. Um, and then if you hate it, you can con- you continue to hate on me. But if you like it, you could give me a positive review. The guy gets the webinar, he ends up loving it. And then he gives me all these positive reviews. He ends up making money with it as well. He say, he, he decides to implement it. He has this uh, Donald Trump mug um, and he makes like a thousand bucks or $2,000 with it. And he's like, Ace yeah. Ready stuff works. Like his Facebook ad strategies work. And you know, the next thing you know, it's like you have this guy that was hating on you, uh, goes back to the second law of power, which is turn enemies into friends. Yep. It's kind of what, it's kind of what happened, dude. Like I've had so many people that were hating on me publicly and then, you know, I would either help them out or I'd talk to them and they'd end up becoming fans and they'd start promoting me. Um, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was great. I've always found that with people is if you can show them that you, that just by having a better way of dealing with it mentally. Yeah. You have no problem with them. Like life becomes a lot simpler. Yeah. And like easier. And I, that's one thing I do love about the laws of power. And it's a great example of one of the things I'm writing about for that blog post. Now, kind of what you said that did um, not trigger me per se, but it was something you were saying right before the show. Remember I told you I was going to tell you the story that I don't really share. And I can't oh, yeah. remember what story it is. Do you remember what the yeah. story was at all? Oh, do you remember um, what it's about? Hang on. I, I think I remember it. Um, I do have a weak memory though. <laughs> no, you t- like the worst part is you teed me up so perfectly for it in your last point and now my brain's like fuck i can't remember what it was we're cooperators man i think that's so the that's where we are um our brain just works that way yeah exactly i mean you, you can't you can't be super creative and everything else at the same time right um yeah yeah, yeah. it'll come back to us it'll come back to us but it was like a really good story if, if i remember it, i'll post it later on but it's uh it was just a fun little thing so one of the questions i did want to ask you on the show i love asking mm-hmm. everybody is like from time to time your confidence will take a hit right yeah it just does so my question to you now is how do you personally keep your like on top of your confidence like how do you keep it so you don't drop below that line as much and what do you do to protect it I mean, the way that I look at it is your confidence generally drops when you're out ethics. That's, I think that's the word, out ethics. It's like where you have this way that you think is ethical and you don't do it, your confidence level starts to drop, right? And this doesn't necessarily have to just be 
uh, stuff like don't fuck people over and stuff. It can be something as simple as if you're, if you're doing a guest webinar, uh, don't fuck it up, right? Something as simple as that. Like for example, I was at the peak of my confidence last year, right? This was probably around March. And I was at the peak of my conference. I had like, I don't know, just through Facebook, I had like 10 or 20 people buying my stuff every day. There's all these guys upgrading to the mastermind. And I was like, shit, no, I made it. And I, I didn't have a sales page. I didn't have a webinar. I didn't have anything like that. So I was like, look, you know, I'm just selling stuff straight out of my copy on Facebook. No sales page, not even an order form. I was like, shit, I made it. Now I can sell anything. I have the golden touch, right? Um, this, there's big e-com guru. I won't mention his name, but there's this really big guy, like really, really famous guy. And you know, he has, his affiliate manager reaches out to me and she's like, I've been seeing your name. You know, it'd be fun if you, if you come on and do a webinar with us and stuff like that. So I decided to do a webinar with him. Now there were about a hundred people on the webinar. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to make another six figures by the end of the webinar. This is going to be fun and easy. And let me just go in and talk. I went in on the webinar. I spoke for a bit. Um, I had zero sales. I had zero yeah. sales. It kind of killed me on the inside because I was like, all right, what the fuck? Right. Uh, and turns out there were other problems with the webinar itself. The way that the people were brought onto the webinar, it was a little bit different than the way that most people would do it, or at least the way I would do it. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why I didn't sell very well. But you know, it, it just killed my confidence, dude. I could not do another webinar for, I think, four months after that. And I think this happens to everyone. I mean, even the first sales page I wrote, I was hated on. Like, everyone was like, this is the worst piece of copy I've ever seen. And, you know, it kind of kills your, it kind of kills your confidence, but just got to keep doing. Just got to keep doing. Just got to keep pushing. Uh, one thing that does help me a lot whenever my confidence is low is I, I literally sit down and I start writing down what my goal is. So I'm like, you know, what's the goal of this program, which is to help a lot of people make money. Well, are we doing it? And then I look at all the students that I have and I'm like, all right, you know, if they're making money, I keep the program. If they're not making money, then I decide to kill the program, move into a new one. Um, yeah. I mean, the more ethical that I am, I feel like my confidence is that high. Right. In the case of the webinar where I did mess up the webinar, my ethical standard was you got to make this webinar work because the guy, he brought on a hundred people. You don't want to waste their time. What I should have done is I should have been a lot more easy on myself over there, but you know, I wasn't, that's kind of what killed my confidence. Um, another thing I make sure of is to make sure that my students get results. Uh, the moment I see people buying my stuff and not getting results, like that's something that will kill my confidence, no doubt. Yep. Um, yeah. It means you're a good guy because you have the same thought process I do, which is you can't sell shitty stuff and you can't screw people over. Yeah. Definitely, man. I mean, it just catches up to you. Uh, it doesn't even like like people do. Like people think that. Um, they have to like, they, they won't go to jail so they can continue to do it. It's not just that, but it also has a very uh, huge toll on the other side as well, like on your mental state. Like I've seen many of these gurus that were selling bullshit during the pandemic. Everyone seems to have like various different problems. Their courses are not selling anymore. Number one. Number two, they're, they're all depressed, man. They're all depressed, yeah. uh, which is a completely different topic on itself. I won't get into it, but 
I feel like I feel like when you do a lot of stuff that's out of your ethical standards, out of your ethical zone, uh, you end up getting depressed. You end up getting into a bunch of problems. I've seen this with many people. And for that reason, another thing I do decide to do all the time whenever I feel like my conference is going down is I write down what my goals are and write down what what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. So it's like, you know, it just gives me the right amount of balance. So I'm like, look, I won't lie. I won't fuck people over. Just, these are things that are non-negotiables. Like I will not be doing these things. Now, apart from that, what else can I do that's ethical? What can I do that's in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's something that does help me. Another thing that helps me with confidence levels is on webinars and doing anything. Even this podcast, like I'm super introverted. Um, up until last year, I wasn't even doing podcasts. Uh, I, did, I did one with David Sharp and I didn't want to do it at all. I was like, dude, you got to do video. It needs to be live. I don't know if I can pull it off. One of the best things that does help is instead of thinking about it, is to just jump into it and just figure it out. Right. And, and just keep jumping into it again and again and again and again and again. Um, these days, especially when I feel like my confidence levels are low or whatever, I just try to do something that I perceive to be dangerous in a way. Uh, by that, guys, just so you know, quick disclaimer, don't do something that's actually super, super dangerous. Like you don't want to do stupid stuff. Don't be stupid with this. But like if there's a podcast that you know, you're, you're afraid to do, if there's like a webinar that you're scared of doing, if there's an offer that you're scared of making, just make it and watch how that, that on itself gives you the confidence that you need to push through. Um, that those, were, those would be my two tips, man, honestly. It's the number one, make a list of everything that you, um, not, three tips actually. Number one, make a list of your goals. Number two, make a list of what you would do and what you wouldn't do um, in any circumstances to hit your results. And number three is to make sure that you just get into uh, some dangerous, do some stuff that you perceive to be dangerous. Like if there's a webinar, if there's a post that you have to write or anything really, if there's an interview you have to shoot, just do it. And if you keep doing it, you're naturally going to be a lot more confident. That's what I've realized. Awesome. Yeah. Very true. <clears throat> Sorry, one of my last questions to ask you, and that was a valley bomb in its own, by the way. I'm oh, yeah. glad that we managed to do this. But that's probably the other reason why we didn't do this sooner, by the way, is because you're introverted. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would just, dude, I would just ghost people, man. I think that's one of the weirdest things that I would do is like my, my, my dangerous perception thing is like, I would ghost people when they ask me for, ask me to jump on their podcast and stuff. Uh, I only respond back when my confidence levels are low. And then I'm like, look, I need, I need to do something dangerous to get a shot. So I start responding to people. Then I'm like, all right, dude, you know, I'll jump on that podcast. No, yours, of course, yours, obviously I want yeah. to do it. But- yeah. Mine has been in the, like, this is the exception. Cause we wanted to do this for a long ass time. Yeah. But I do but- know what you mean. Yeah, but most people that have got me on their virtual summits and podcasts and stuff, it was just something that I wanted to do because I was, uh, I was an introvert thing. I was too too introvert where I was only looking at me and myself and what's going on inside. I was like, all right, look, and I got I got to do something dangerous to make sure that I'm in touch with the world again, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. But one of my favorite questions coming up to the end of the show has to be. Um, what would you say will be like five of the most recommended books 
that you would give someone. Oh, and, and Robert Greene, by the way, he is just an entire category on his own. So like, he's not like if he's going to be one of your five, he's one of the five, not all five. Right. Definitely. Uh, Robert Greene's books would be an exception, dude. Like I, I wouldn't even like, I would have to list all five books and I don't want to do that right now. So, yeah, so we just say Robert Greene is definitely one of the books that you'd recommend. Just his exactly. collection of books. Um, and same with Grant Cardone. I'm, I'm a huge Cardone fan. Because I feel like when I was broke, especially, I was trying, one of the, one of the favorite things I do is like when I'm going through something where like either my, either my business is going down or my health is going down or whatever, I'll just start listening to 10X row. That's something I do, by the way, guys, which really does help. It's like there's a few chapters in certain books that can really motivate you, right? It's, it's mostly just one or two chapters. Like, for example, in Art of Seduction, it's like the charmer, the star right? These are chapters that I really like. So when I have to tap into certain uh, modes, certain mental states, I'll just keep listening to the same thing until I tap into it. Um, yeah. And that's the same that I do with the 10x rule is like, I feel like whenever I'm slotting a lot or whenever my business is going down, I keep listening to the 10x rule again and again and again and again and again. Because, you know, I want to tap into the whole uh, mental state of being an attacker. Because when your business is going down, you can't be a defender. You got to be an attacker. You got to go on the offense. Um, when your clients are going down or whatever, you, you just got to do a lot more stuff, right? You got to put yourself out there. And, you know, but Cardone's books would be there. Um, another favorite book of mine is Think and Grow Rich. I think that was the one book that I've been reading consistently for the last seven years. Um, every time I read the book, there's something new that I learn, which is crazy because I've probably read it like 30 times or so. Um, Think and Grow Rich. Um, another book is Cash Advertising. Great book. Yeah, it's a copywriting book. Really good book. Uh, Cash Advertising. There's a book that I've read from Dan Kennedy. It's called No BS, Ruthless Management of People and Services or something like that. That is really good. There's a few chapters in the book that I continue to read here and there. Um, what else there's um there's another book called the ultimate sales letter that's also by and dan, dan kennedy. kennedy yeah um a lot of the dan kennedy books are good too um except for the ones where he paid other people to write it those were a bit weird but yeah like the original dan kennedy no bs books were really good even even the uh even the book called the unfinished business that's really good um let's see Advertising. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Another favorite book of mine is actually Thick Face, Black Heart. Um, funny you should say that because that sat right on my desk next to me right now. Yeah, that's a legendary book. No, hold on. Let's see if we can show you this. Oh yeah, there you go. See? Yeah. You guys can't that's see that, but she'll show them. That's that's a great book. Um, I, I, the first time I read it, I was like, all right, this makes so much sense. There's one of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had from that book is there's a story where she talks about this guy that just works a lot for four months, right? Doesn't mm -hmm. get any results. And then he just says, fuck it, decides to take a vacation. And on the vacation, the guy ends up making a lot of money because someone wants to buy his deal. He's like a real estate broker or something. And she explains it in a different way. She, she, she doesn't tell people that, okay, well, you know, if you're lazy, you make money. She basically says he did a lot of work and 
the results of the work came through after he stopped working. The only reason he had the deal was because he worked for four months. Again, that's something you got to read. It's been a while, so I don't remember it exactly. Great tip, great strategy, something that kind of stuck with me. So even now when like I do a lot of work and I'm not seeing immediate results, like I just know that one day it's going to pay off or, you know, um, and that's another thing that really helped me lose weight as well. Cause I feel like I was, I was 260 pounds or something, 253, something like that. Wait, how tall are you? Six, four. So you're six, four. Damn, yeah. I did not know you were six, four, but like, damn tall and like 253. Damn. Yeah. I was, I was, I was incredibly heavy, right? I was fat. I hate, I, I looked at myself in the mirror. I hated it. And you know, I've, I've tried dieting for two years. Uh, never worked. And then I got this mentor once and I was fucking sick of it. And I'm like, dude, I want to lose all the weight that I have. And, you know, now I'm, now I'm like 168 or something, 166. Shit, that's amazing. Yeah. So I've got leaner. I look a lot better and stuff. The book also helped me a lot because every time I would try to diet and I wasn't seeing results immediately, like I knew it's going to pay off. So I was like, all right, let me just be patient with this. Let me just focus on this for now. And the results eventually are going to be there, which is exactly what happened, right? I know some of you guys probably listen to this, you're writing copy, you're doing all these things in your business, uh, and, and it's just not paying off immediately. Now, you know, just keep doing it. Just keep, just keep the long-term picture in your mind. Just keep doing it, and eventually it's going to pay off. If you're doing the smart stuff, if you're just being, uh, if you're just being stupid, then that's that. Uh, one of my favorite books, actually, um, it wasn't even a book. It was more like this guide. It was from a guy called Mark Hoverson. Hmm. Um, yeah, he, he passed away recently. That's sad. But he was, this, he was like the godfather uh, in the MLM business, right? Yeah. And, and he had this him. thing called Solomon CEO or something like that, right? And I would read that. And one of the best things he had in it was working hard. Uh, physically isn't going to pay a lot unless you work hard intellectually, where he basically tells you that you got to be smart and you got to do a lot of work at the same time instead of just doing a lot of work and not being smart. So a lot of people see themselves doing a lot of physical work as being a hard working. It's really not like you're just doing a lot of physical work. You got to work the intellectual side as well. You got you to be smart about everything as well. That's, that's real hard work. You got to be both smart and do a lot of stuff. So Definitely yeah, but back to answering a question, um, dude, man, uh, buying trances. That's another great book. It's, it's a, it's by a guy called Joe Vitale. I think that's how I pronounce his name. I like Joe Vitale. Dr. Joe yeah. Vitale from the secret for the people who have watched the secret. Good guy. Oh yeah. He's in it. I think, uh, he had another book too. That was good. It's called hypnotic writing, but this one's mm-hmm. way better. Um, good actually the, the, the last book would probably come as a surprise, but Goosebumps. Like I'm a huge fan of Goosebumps. Not for the same reason. It's not like I like to read children's comics, even though I do sometimes. But it's more so to just look at the way he writes it, right? Yeah. Like, like you're, you're stuck to every word that the guy writes. It's, it's mm-hmm. very interesting to watch. And a lot of times I start reading Goosebumps and I like... If you read my copy and if you read Goosebumps, they're exactly the same. Like I write copy like I'm writing to a kid. That's the whole um, secret to making my copy work on Facebook. 
It's just like, basically, just don't think, just don't expect people to be super smart and understand things and just write to them like you would write to a 10 or 11 year old kid. Get straight to the point, keep things simple and stuff like that. Every time I read a Goosebumps book, I'm just reminded of it. And also the flow, and I, I study the flow of things, the way that he keeps you interested. Um, this is another thing that I also do with movies, guys. It's like, I can't ever go to a movie and not start studying the elements in a movie or even right. a game. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> well, you know how much I love that shit. Cause I did a whole rant about like if you're not watching Game of Thrones for the simple fact of why it's so addictive uh, for the first seven seasons, then you're missing out a huge trick. And I'm glad like that's one of the things that I remember you and I discussed a long time ago was how movies, video games, all that they they spend billions on doing this research. All you have to do is figure it out and reverse engineer it for your business. It's not hard to do. Yeah, exactly, dude. Look. I mean. I mean, look, I mean, people are spending 24, 25 hours playing a game, right? Like, like, imagine keeping people's attention for 25 hours watching a sales video or something like that, or even a movie. Like, they have a person's attention for an hour and a half. It's like, how are you guys not studying that, right? Like, like, like just, just go watch the Avengers movie. Um, yeah. And you will clearly see how every character sort of played out. Right, like yeah, it's like okay, yeah. Thanos is a bad guy. You know, this 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 guy's got these character archetypes. Here's what makes him special. Like I don't know, dude. Like I think I think very very similar in that way. Where I like analyzing every character. I'm like, what makes this guy charismatic? And yeah, I think mm -hmm. I think I think it's also a Robert Green thing that sort of rubbed off on us. Where you know, you read the art of seduction. I feel like you start analyzing everybody. Um, oh, without a doubt, you have to. It's just a thing we do. <laughs> Yeah, so you're like, all right, this guy's a charismatic, this guy's a star, this guy's a charmer with charismatic mixed. Yeah, um, yeah, you guys got to read that book. You guys listen to this, you got to read Art of Seduction. Even if you're married, you got to read Just it. It's read not it. as it's much, yeah, it's not as much about picking a woman as such, it's more about how do you present yourself as an attractive character? How do you exactly, and how do you tap into yeah. your natural attractive character? Exactly. Is, you know, some people have it and some people don't and how you can shift, which is good. But that being said, guys, Ace, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, brother. I really appreciate the fact that we've got time to do this. Guys, have an amazing weekend and please go check out aceready.com or just find the man on social media. Any last words before we wrap up for the show, buddy? Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, bro. This has been fun uh, to do. Yeah, I've yeah it's fun. been fun having you. What did a bit? Um, yeah, guys, the, my last word is have fun. You know, you don't have to be that uh, stuck up to run a business. There's this wrong perception that you have to be really stuck up and really arrogant and really aggressive to run a business. You don't really have to be. Have fun, uh, make a bunch of money, get results, and yeah, help people out. Um, helping people out always pays. The, one of the biggest reasons why people know me is because I've helped a ton of people and they've spoken about me. So, yeah, exactly. Just have fun, guys. Exactly. All right, guys. I'll speak to you real soon. Have an amazing weekend and see you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye.